Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce my guests, I just wanted to tell you a few things that I'm watching and listening to this week. I got into Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Really good. As somebody joked, the only thing that's bad about it is they don't solve the mysteries. But if you're a true crime fan, there's some really gripping stories. And I really especially loved episode one and crazy, crazy episode five. I watched David Foster off the record on Netflix. Also, it's a documentary about the music producer who a lot of you guys know from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I always hated him or disliked him strongly, as most people do. And he is not likable. He is really cocky and he's really kind of a jerk, but he's also really interesting and really talented. And I did like sort of the walk down memory lane of some of the big hip hits that he did with Whitney Houston and Celine Dion, Chicago. So if you're old like me, you will appreciate that. And he's just sort of an interesting person. You must run, 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 don't walk to watch um, Outcry on Showtime. Um, don't Google it. I'm not even going to tell you about it. It's five part series. Um, about a really insane case that happened in Texas. That's all I'm going to say. And it's really, really strong. So uh, just watch it and you can thank me later. Last but not least, I'm listening to a very good podcast on Wondery um, called Guru. And it's about, oh God, it's about this guy who's like the self-help guru who was really popular during the whole secret thing. Remember that with Oprah about manifesting things into the universe? And he kind of created this little business around it. And, uh, and then what happened at one of his retreats? Again, I won't spoil it, but I highly, it's, it's tough to listen to. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Real Crime Profile, which is one of my favorite podcasts. They do a really great job of actually dissecting the podcast guru. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole, I highly suggest that as well. So today on the podcast, I am continuing my conversation. I started a few weeks ago with black producers in the unscripted industry. I got a lot of really great feedback from all corners on that podcast. So thank you very much for listening and reaching out. I really love getting feedback. So even if it's negative, it's okay. Just keep it coming. So today I'm talking to another amazing group. This one is all women, Erica Bryant, Jamala Gaither, and Nakia Williams. Erica is a seasoned executive producer showrunner who's worked on shows like Owns Family or Fiance, Bravo's Real Housewives of Atlanta, A Married to Medicine, and The Seven-Year Switch for Lifetime. Jamala is a supervising producer. She just wrapped up a show for HBO Max called The Event, and she's also produced Kevin Hart's What the Fit for YouTube, Flirty Dancing for Fox, and Encore for Disney+. Nakia Williams is a content creator and producer. She's working on a show called American Portrait for PBS. She's worked on Real Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac for Bravo and Black Ink Crew for VH1. We cover a lot. I don't even know where to start, but some of the topics include what it's like to be, you know, what's often the only Black woman on a crew or in the room, the obstacles that have stood in their way to advance in the business. And then we get into what can be fixed to not only make better content, but also have more representation behind the camera. Okay, so I am here with the three wonderful women, Erica, Jamala, and Nakia. Hello, everyone. Hi. Everyone's on Zoom, which of course you can't see, but I'll post a picture in the show notes. We've got Erica and Jamala in LA and Nakia kind of in New York, but not actually staying in New York, but that's really no one's business. <laughs> I'll be back in weeks. Yeah, she'll be back soon. So 
a few of you know each other. If you don't, we've kind of chatted a little bit before we started. So everyone's acquainted. We're going to dive right in. Uh, I'll say that I met you all, and I put that in quotes because this is the first time I'm actually meeting you visually. Um, We have a secret face group, Illuminati group (laughs) called, actually, I'm not going to say what it's called, but it's for women in unscripted. That's all I'll say. It's a wonderful group, amazing resource. So many good things have happened because of that group. And when the protest started with Black Lives Matter, I posted something saying, you know, not only am I committed to having more people of color on my podcast, but I want to start having conversations about our industry and what's going on, because all these things that people felt they really couldn't talk about in public, now we're talking about. And I will say that I got incredible feedback from my last podcast because people are really paying attention finally. So I thought, you know, I want to have a panel that has just women, not just black women, because I think that there are things that are unique to women and black people and where that intersects, because it's not the same for everyone, obviously. But I think that there are things that we can go deeper on that are unique to also being a woman and things that happen with sexism in addition to racism. So it's a really fun mix. (laughs) That was said dripping with sarcasm. Okay. That's me. That's the most I'm going to talk. I want to hear from you all. So let's start with, let's start with Erica. Erica, what has the last few months been like for you? Not just sort of working with this craziness of quarantine, but do you, you know, with all of this wokeness that's happened feels like overnight so much, hopefully shifting and changing. So what's it been like for you? Uh, this is Erica. Um, I'll say for me, it's been remarkable, honestly, um, on so many levels. I, you know, work-wise, of course, we're out of work. We're freelancers. We eat what we kill kind of a thing, and we're not killing anything right now. So we're, you know what I mean? We're kind of all in the house doing what we do. And if we can, you know, consult, that's great. But there's the work part, then there's the personal part. There's the whole, everything that's happening in the world. For me, it's been great because it's allowed me to withdraw from the world in a way and plug into me in a way that we don't always get a chance to because as producers, we're constantly caring for everyone else's needs, whether it be we're managing up or managing down or managing, you know, horizontally to our cast and our crew, et cetera. So I think for me, I've had a chance to really meditate more and, you know, do minor workouts at home because you can't do the gym, it sucks. Um, but, you know, and, and do a lot of writing. Like I've, you know, I've actually written a book during this process, which is insane. And, you know, so it's it's been a great time, I think for me. And then as far as the world goes, I think, you know, having allies, seeing that we're really all in this thing together. You know, I went to a couple of protests um, for Black Lives Matter and it was beautiful. It was here in West Hollywood. And I was shoulder to shoulder with my neighbors, you know, who were, you know, gay and straight and old and young and babies and dogs and strollers. And it was, you know, every color of the rainbow. And I was a minority. I think I saw maybe a handful of black people and it was everyone else marching for our cause. And for me, I like bald. I'm a throbbing heart. So I was really, really touched by that, moved by that. And and I think it, it was a ripple effect throughout our, our country and then throughout the world when we saw all these other protests coming up, popping up and everyone's just uniting because we all do matter. And it's not saying that anyone matters less. It's just saying we just matter. Like, can we just be on the level? Can we just matter too? That's all. And so I think it was great to see that, you know, 
allies, you know, our, our white sisters and brothers and, you know, our LGBTQ community and, you know, Latina, everybody is coming together to for equality. So, Was that the first time you had ever felt like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's been so needed. I think, you know, King spoke about this in the 60s. And I think we are now finally seeing his dream come to life in a way that he didn't experience it when he was alive. And so he's spoken to our future and here we are in the present and our youth is on fire. So proud of them. So excited for what they're doing and just pushing this this rock up the hill. It's It's a beautiful thing to witness. And I'm proud to be alive at this time. I really am. Jamala, how about you? Um, well, I have not worked since the beginning of COVID, um, which is fine. Kind of like Erica says, you get some time to be introspective. Um, unlike Erica, I have not been out protesting. I actually have been living with my mom who's older and a little health compromised. So I haven't wanted to do that really, but, you know, doing things in other ways and, and speaking to people and, um, trying to be proactive, um, in ways that I feel that I can do that. What's been interesting is Erica just said something about the youth being on fire. I have a daughter who just turned 17. So she has been going to protest. She's been very proactive. So it's really um, seeing how this movement, seeing it through her eyes, um, which has been pretty incredible as well. And agreed, it, it feels different than things have in the past and that the protests, et cetera, are, are more inclusive, I think, than I've ever seen before. Um, so I find hope there, but then, you know, on the flip side of that, um, you see how much, um, division, um, there is still in the country that it can be disheartening, but I also feel like the youth and, and so many variety of people who are coming out and, and, um, showing kind of solidarity or being, being allies is, um, encouraging as well. So, um, in that sense, you know, I'm trying to take the positive and move forward. Mickey, how about you? Um, in this time, I have actually been fortunate to be working. So that has taken up a lot of my time and then and a lot of kind of like my focus. But I am still kind of aware of what's going on. I myself haven't gone to any protests because living in New York, I, I just wasn't going to risk it. It's, it's me and my husband. So, but I feel like I've been waiting for this time to happen because I'm the type of person that has always been on the sharing, on the, you need to know this, you need to know that. I feel like I've been, it's not a protest per se where I'm walking, but I am protesting the things that are happening constantly um, in, in the way that I share things and how, to, how I talk to people and, and the things that I do on a daily. And I'm like, yes. Finally, I feel like this finally, okay, now I'm like, let's, let's go. You guys can go out and march, but I feel like I have been trying to share this and share this and share this for years and years. And I was waiting, I was like, when are we going to start saying, no, this is not, you know, this is not right. No, this can't be happening. And this is like that time. And I've just kind of been waiting for it. And I'm just kind of like, yes, it's like happening now. So that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I love hearing that hope from everybody. I feel the same way. So I want to talk a little bit generally to start about really just what it's been like. But you've you've 
Well, Eric and Jamal have been had long careers. Nakia, long, not as long, but you all have been around. You know, you're you're not newbies to the business. You're all producers. You've all been in the mix on some high profile shows, on a whole mix of shows. What is sort of on a macro level? What is your experience been like in this industry as a black female whoever wants to take it first i can start um, this, erica. Is, this is erica so for me you know at, uh, it's been a long road it's been a long arduous road honestly um although i've you know worked my way up it's taken 15 years um, I came from a music industry background, so I was in a different career, changed careers in my late 20s and then got into television. And, you know, I started as a PA, so I didn't get a chance to kind of get invited in and do anything cool. I was like picking up trash and passing out water and, you know, grunt stuff, you know, and I don't I don't. Um, I don't uh, frown upon that because I think humble beginnings are important. You really learn from the ground, what it takes. And so as you grow in it, you, you respect a PA when they're on your set, you're not talking down to them. So I think it's important to work your way up and start at the bottom. Um, I do think because I am a woman of color, a black woman specifically, that it took a whole lot longer. I think um, if I was a woman of a different background, I would have been a showrunner, not in 15 years, maybe like maybe eight, maybe 10 years. Cause I mean, white women have their struggles as well. I mean, I think it's a male dominated industry. It always has been. And so I think white women too have also had their struggles in coming up. Um, so, I mean, it, it's been, it's been interesting because there was no one to lay a path before me. There was no one to say, Hey, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. And you learn very quickly as a black woman that you can show up in a place, but you gotta be the freaking best it's only one of you and there's 15 other Karen's Becky's or whatever you know what I mean and they can get away with a whole lot more and have a whole lot more slack given to them than we do and and even when it comes to guys and so we have to be on point 100% of the time we've had we have one false move and we're out and you're starting from the bottom again and you have to try and go and make new connections so I think for us you know, we can't afford mediocrity. Excellence is like ingrained in us. And we have to teach our other sisters as they're coming up like, no, sis, don't do that. You can't, she can do that. She can go to the club with the crew the night before. She can screw all the whole crew and the camera guy and the audio mixer and the EP. And she can do some blow with them in the bathroom, but don't you do it because if you do it, it's going to be a whole different thing. And so we just have a different set of criteria that we have to abide by that's unspoken. We don't talk about it, but these other two women on the on podcast are nodding their heads like, yes, ma'am. Right. So I'll stop there. But that's been my experience. And it just made me want to be the best and be great. You know. Well, this is Jamala, um, kind of to what Erica was just saying. I wrote this down. Um, I was thinking about this the other day and I wrote that white and in particular white male mediocrity is accepted and even at times applauded in our industry, uh, most industries, but black excellence often is not. And I think that that is something um, to Erica's point that, you know, we have to be often the model for, you know, black women, black people, but black women, especially um, and you kind of always have to be on your P's and Q's and make sure that, you know, your stuff is tight, regardless of, you know, 
what other people may or may not be doing. I've seen plenty of, I don't often see um, black people who fail upwards. Right. You right. see it in many other, you know, your white counterparts um, who easily can go in that direction. And it's not something that I have ever, if often <laughs> seen um, as a black female. Um, to go back to my origins in the business, I actually started and scripted. Um, I was a PA for a long time. Um, there was a writer's strike around 2008-ish. Mm -hmm. And that's when I migrated over to um, producing reality. Um, so I wanted to say a couple things because I, I, a lot of my experience started on the scripted side. So I can't necessarily attribute everything to unscripted, but I do remember asking, and this was a, um, a, an early mentor of mine, uh, someone who first hired me on one of my shows and he was, uh, it was a male, but African-American. And later on, cause I worked with him for a long time later on. And, you know, at some point I was like, so why did you hire me at the first, you know, initially? And he was like, well, you were smart. You weren't easily phased and you were easy on the eye. Mm -hmm. And the easy on the eye part, you know, while I didn't take necessarily take offense to it, you understand that um, maybe that's as a woman, how you get into this business initially, right? Like, oh, she's cute. We're gonna, you know, she'll be mm -hmm. nice to have around on set. And that makes you even have to prove yourself even more to prove yourself that you're not just eye candy for the crew. And that doesn't necessarily go for black women per se. It goes for probably a lot of women, but um, I kind of guess I went on a tangent there, but <laughs> it's, it's something to consider as a, as a female and as a black female on set. I remember, you know, and in my PA days too, um, uh, there was, I was never, I never felt like overtly sexualized or harassed or anything like that. But I can remember there was like a teamster guy who used to always come around and like wrap his hands around my waist. Like when I was a PA and you still feel like, mm. like, you know, like, Hey, and I'm like, mm, yeah, not, Hey, but you also are in a, put in a situation where it's like, yeah, do you want to keep your job? Do you want to keep moving? So you kind of, you know, most people hopefully can kind of wriggle their way out of those situations and, and move on. And again, it's not just a black female thing. I think it's a female thing in our industry in general. Um, but it's, it happens, you know, and it happens to us. And I'm sure there's, you know, many people who've been taken advantage of in a much, you know, uh, more explicit and overt way. And, you know, it's not something that we should have to deal with in our industry. Nikia, how about you? This is Nikia. Um, so I started out very similarly um, to Erica. I started, I've done nothing but reality for the most part. Um, and I started out as a PA and worked my way up, whether it was um, talk shows or court shows. And then I went to like the MTV life and I did um, competition shows. I did some of the biggest competition shows. And as I went along, you know, I learned a lot. I went through a lot and you have to navigate, you know, navigate it as, being a, a young, you know, black girl, woman, you know, navigate it in a way where you feel accepted. You feel like you're, like you are, I guess, getting along with everyone. I'm not sure how, if I'm saying that right, but I felt like not to be, try not to be over-sexualized. I tried to be like 
someone who you can just get along with. I made sure that I was exceptional at whatever I, I did. There was no one there really to really guide me through it. And I was hired by people of color along the way, but I never felt like anyone would like take me under their wing per se and and continue, you know, help me continue along the way. It's kind of like, I gave you your chance, girl, do what you can with it. And, you know, and I did my best. Um, I find that there is a big problem with um, the hiring of, of um, women and women of color. It's like a potential versus your experience. I don't think people really hire black women or just black people based on their potential. Sometimes it's like just what you have done and only what you have done. And then sometimes they take the opportunity to um, dismantle what you have done to minimize it in a way like you haven't done this one thing, you've done everything else, but this one thing, haven't done that. Nope, can't do it, sorry. Sorry, I have thunder if you hear that. <laughs> I thought it was the computer crashing. That was crazy. Sound <laughs> like a bomb exploding in the back. <laughs> that was lightning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that last thing you as, long said. as long as you're safe. Exactly. I'm like, inside, that was, but that it, was an it, amen. It, yeah. It, it was like, <laughs> so um, I find that um, you know the difference between like your potential. I'm a person that has always been creative. I've always wanted to like show run my own shows and come up with ideas. And I have this innate hustle in me. And I've seen people who don't have that hustle and they just surpass me, whether it's like they get the promotion or they, you know, they get that job. And I'm like, well, what am I doing wrong or what am what am I not doing enough of? So I um I think I watched a um, like a little snippet of a Trevor Noah and he spoke to this and I was like that is what it's it's been like it's not my potential because I feel like I, I throughout the years I've had a lot of potential um, that may have been overlooked but um, they, they really focused on the experience and I got the experience they told me I needed to know this I, I went and I learned it I needed to know this then I learned it or then I, I was told um it's not your it's not your turn it's this person's turn mm -hmm. and then i would work at a company for a year and then someone will come in after me and get the promotion and it's not that i'm not doing the work if i wasn't i would have been fired long ago so it's like you feel these different things these different aggressions and you just kind of have to kind of roll with it per se and um I, I remember someone looking at my resume and they're like, oh, you've got all this really cool stuff and you still don't get the job. And then if I look at the resume of the person who got the job above me, they don't have as much credits as I do. And I'm like, like, what is happening here? So, um, and does that feel like when you look at the other people that are getting those jobs over you, are those equally men and women? Is it more women? Is it more men? Like, is, do you see a gender difference there? Um, I think it's not, is it a gender difference? I think sometimes women, white women will get a job over me. Sometimes a white male will get a job over, over me for what, for whatever reason, whether it's a fit with the person that's above 
me, like if it's the EP and it's like a supervising, maybe they'll pick the person that they feel they can have drinks with or something or something that they have more in common with. Um, it could it could be that, but um, I think it's equal. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it's just not me. Do you do? Yeah, Erica, go ahead. In my experience, I think um, to your point, um, I think it's that for for me, it's been when I was like field producing, trying to get into senior or supervising producing, it was a white male being promoted over me, even though I was doing the bulk of the work. And so we could be partners, we could be field producers together. And I would be killing it, doing everything, doing all the writing, doing all the creative, all the stuff, you know, managing the, our crew, our little three, four person crew, whatever. And next thing you know, he would come back and he got the bump in pay and got the bump in title. And, you know, there was a particular instance and I won't talk about the company or anything like that, but where I was offered to do a senior producer position back, you know, several years back. And when the credits came out, they didn't put it on screen. So they had promised me this thing in email, signed me, I signed my deal memo, did the whole thing. And when the credits came out, it wasn't on. And so I raised hoop and hell because I was still at the company. And when they offered me to do another show, I was like, well, I need this in writing and this and that. And so it ended up being this big thing and the head person pushed back on it. And I think what happens is, is that sometimes with women of color or people of color, I think that people that are not of color get comfortable with where we are. They can put us in this box. Oh, she's a casting person. Oh, she's a this, she's a that, or he's a this, he's a that. And to see us beyond that, it's it, it, um, it stretches their mind too much. It bends it into a pretzel of some sort. And so it's beyond their, you know, comprehension that, oh, they could probably do these other things. They're so comfortable in that. And it's like, well, we'll let these other people do that. They're so great. Let them live there versus as what Nakia was saying, taking a chance on us. Like, just give us, like, shoot your shot. Give us a shot. And we always make the shot. Like, we play basketball. So we do that purpose. <laughs> But I'm saying like we we always make it because we know we don't have a choice not to make it. We have to make the shot. And so I think it's I think it's all fear based. Honestly, I think it's a, you know, a fear based thing. And I think it's maybe that us outshining them in some kind of way or it becoming too black. We open the door that we bring in too many of us. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold up. Not, not two, not, not five. Now what y'all doing? So <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of, you know, microaggressions that happen that we just kind of have allowed to roll off of our backs. And this has been going on since the beginning of time. And I think now we're in a place, as you said, in this woke state where it's the veil is being lifted. It's not like these are new things that's been happening. It's just being revealed. And with who we have, I think, in office is charging people to show their true colors. And so now we, it's great. Now it's bubbled to the surface. Now we can deal with it. We can heal it because now we can see it. Yeah, I think that's great. A quick question to follow up with you, Erica, when you said you kind of joked, but I wonder if it's actually happened where you said, you know, two, one or two is fine, but five, like hold, slow your roll. Has that actually happened to you when you've tried to staff a show? Can you talk mm-hmm. about that? I mean, it's, it's, and again, it's micro. So it's like, who is this person? You know, and I'm very, I've, I'm never one who's like, oh, I only want to hire people of color. I want to hire the best people to do the job. If they happen to be people of color, fantastic. But I mentor a lot of younger women in the business and most of them are not black because a lot of them are not 
in my, you know, in my sphere, if you will. So a lot of like APs that are now supervisings or they were PAs and now they're supervisings and co-EPs and they still call me. And so I, th I think it's, you know, it has happened. And all I do is that I take it in stride and I'm like, okay, I'm the next one. I'll just get one more on the next one. I'll, so I'm collecting. I'm like, we'll get one more. We'll get one more. And I'm basically telling them to spread the wealth. Like when you have somebody that's great, put your friend up for it, Pr bring them on, or at least a qualified person who is of color and just take a shot and let them know, listen, girl, I'm putting, you know, my name on the line. Don't, don't fuck it up. Like, don't do that, you know, and, and I think it's business at that at that level. But I think we do have to reach back. And I don't think it, the color of it to me at this point, when it comes to that piece, it is each one teach one. We're all in this thing together, because if we have this woke mentality and we're all in that, then we're we're pulling up purple, blue, pink, brown. It doesn't matter. We're all collectively as women doing more for us. If that makes sense. Yeah. Jamala, what what are your thoughts about that? Um. Well, I have a few thoughts. Um, I'm gonna, I was going to say one, um, like for myself, Erica talked, you know, about moving up and all that kind of stuff. I've pretty much stayed stagnant. I came into reality as a field producer. I've been a field producer the entire time I've been in reality. Now, I'm not blaming, I'm not saying, and one, I'm not complaining about it um, because uh, Aliza, we've talked about this a little bit, but um, I have also seen my APs become co-EPs and, and supervising producers, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I will go anywhere from supervising the field. Um, partially that's on me as well. I've told, as I've said to Elisa, I'm now, you know, I'm divorced. I'm a single mom. I actually like to have a little bit of work-life balance and don't right now in my life care <laughs> to have all the stress of being the co-EP. Like, you know, go ahead, do that. I'm gonna call my kid and say goodnight and I'll see you in the morning. But um um, in terms of what Erica was saying about mentoring, I feel the same way. I, I, I actually, most people who know me, who work with me, my nickname now that I'm old um, is Mama Jamala. So a lot of the, that's just kind of what I'm referred to on set often. And it's because I think, um, one, I am a mom, so I kind of have that motherly thing. But also, if you're good at what you do, regardless of whether you're a PA or a camera assistant or whatever, I, I feel like I can, rec I recognize that talent in you, especially if you're female. And I will, whether we're on that um, secret Illuminati uh, Facebook site, I will push you forward if I believe in you, you know what I mean? But it is putting our name on the line too, right? I'm never gonna just refer somebody regardless of who they are if I don't think they can do the job because it does reflect on, I think that's in, I think that's in everything. But some people, you know, going back to my, you know, tripping your way up the ladder, some people don't care about that, but, you know, it's something that, that I do. And um, I try to, male and female, anybody um, who I think is good at their job and does it well, I will definitely, you know, push forward. I feel like there's people who I've helped, you know, like I, I got an inquiry, um, for work. That's another thing in this uh, time. I've had more inquiries for work in the past two weeks, I think, than I've ever had. Right? Is it yeah, crazy? It's black people season. <laughs> I, I was just saying that to a friend of mine yesterday who's, who's trying to do something pretty big. I said, look, if you don't jump now, there is no better time. Right? I mean, it's. Yeah, I've had so many inquiries in something. the past, you know, a couple of weeks, and I'm thankful for all those. Um, but like someone, you know, sent me an inquiry for a show and it was out of town, but I know, 
uh, an AP segment producer who's local, who's worked for me multiple times. And I was like, I don't, you know, I just took something, um, but you know what? He lives here and he's great. Um, and I think they hired him. So, uh, you know, I don't know, kind of back to what Eric was saying. Like, I feel like mentoring is something important, but also we don't have like to the point of us being the only black female on set often, or one of the only, um, we don't have either the opportunity to bring people up or people to mentor us as well. So I think this is maybe going on to another question of yours or hybrid, Eliza, but um, yeah, let's get into it. You know, somebody, uh, you know, having mentors in this business, it's not as easy to have a, a black female mentor. And I've had male mentors probably equally or more than female. And I'm thankful, you know, for those people who are willing to, you know, bring me along or teach me or, or whatever. Um, and it'd be great if we could get to the point where there's more of us to mentor others of us in that position. But when you don't like people will, will want a recommendation for somebody and I'm like, I only know a couple because that's who I, I, I only work with, you know what I mean? And I may have hear a name here or there, um, but back to the point of not wanting to recommend somebody who you don't know what their work ethic is. I'm not just going to throw a name out there and just say, Oh, here's, you know, X, Y, Z black female producer. And then it come back to me that this person was not good at their job. You know what I mean? So not having, you know, only be able, not being able to bring the three, four and five people on set and only having the one in, Two potentially, you know, makes it harder for us to bring up other African American, Black female um, producers as well, and mentor them and be mentored by them. This is Nakia, and I think that well, speaking to what you guys were talking about, that's part of like the problem. Like we can't mess up, so we don't have the space to even have like one person to recommend to be able to mess up. And I think that's just part of the, the pressure of it all. I um, like bringing people up and trying to mentor them. I mentor women and they're not always um, women of color because there's usually people that we work with. And that's also part of the problem that we don't work with enough women of color, that we have them in our Rolodex. Um, one of the past, recent past shows that I've worked on, it was a great experience because I was working on a show that what the subjects were women of color and i i worked with the most women of color that i have ever worked with on you know in post on a show and it was great because we got to really develop these stories and these women in a way that i never had before and i've worked on multiple various shows which the the cast were people of color and i have uh, you know, EPs that are not of color and everyone else is not of color. And I'm the only one trying to explain culture to somebody and, you know, getting it kicked back. So I feel like before this all happened, like in some instances, if there was a EP of color and they had the opportunity to like build their crew that they wanted, they were able to, but there was still a little pushback still telling her she can't hire everybody you know person of color but in the same company you know there are shows with no people of color on them and those don't get questioned at all and i'm like well and we still have more work to do but i think part of the problem of like 
not having enough women to mentor is just them not being around us. And I like to aggressively, if I'm hiring, you know, I try to make my team diverse, but I do look for talent with women who are, you know, African-American because I wish someone had did that for me when I was coming up. So this is, that's why I do it. So I could be like, you come here, let me show you what to do. Let me help you along. Let me refer you for this job and, you know, do good work. You may falter at times, but that shouldn't X you out of the equation all the time. It's about learning and, and teaching them. Yeah, I agree. I think too, for me, this is Erica. Most of the people that have mentored me have been white men, oddly. Um, and not even, not mentored like, oh, I'm calling them and asking for advice, but they have been the ones that have taken a shot and given you a shot or like taking a risk on me. Um, and that was from going from soup to co-EP, from co-EP to EP, from EP to showrunner, like those final steps mm-hmm. came from white guys. And I think, you know, early on in my career, I did, I asked a woman who I adore to this day and was like, will you be my mentor? And she's like, no, 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 no. And I don't know if it was the pressure of it, the fear of it, the thing of, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm not going to try and guide you or I don't know what it was about, but it's disheartening. And so I'm literally and I think all of us are doing this. I think that we're giving what we didn't get. You know, I don't I still don't have a mentor to this day, you know, and I and I still want one and I'm in the game and been in it and in my 40s and I want one. <laughs> I'm like, somebody help us out. You know what I mean? Because we all need each other to advance and to expand and grow. And so, um, but I'm thankful that I have had those who have, you know, poured into me and then taken a shot and just saw my potential and said, you know what, let's, let's, let's give it a go and let's see what she can do, you know? Um, so, I think that's mad important. And I think you mentioned something a minute ago, um, Nikki, where you talked about being agreeable. Like you couldn't be like on set as a black woman, we have to be agreeable, not combative because we don't want to be labeled as the angry black woman. So we have to, we have to swallow a lot of crap and just take it and hold it and not offend our our white counterparts, male or female, um, no matter how um, inappropriate their statements or inappropriate their stances might be. Um, when it comes to a particular situation. So it's, it's, you know, we wear a lot of hats. We wear a lot of hats on set. And I think we wear a lot of hats um, psychologically and mentally on set too, because we, we can't respond like it, on the street. If a certain person said or something, you like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, you about to, you know what I mean? You about to hear it, but we can't do that. And so we have to suck a lot of that down. And, I, and maybe that's not something that's, you know, um, exclusive to us as black women. Maybe that's something that's, that's, you know, across the platform, but I think it's something to keep in mind, you know, that again, it's that, that excellence that we have to always be on top of it and we have to ride that thing, you know? So. It's interesting yeah, that think, you say oh, that. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, it's Jamal. I was just going to say to, to your point, you know, there's a stigma that goes with women of color, specifically black women. If you, do you have, you know, if you are more outspoken mm-hmm. in certain situations, I think, which isn't necessarily ascribed to white people or other women or maybe other women to a certain extent. But, um, you know, we we get um, not a, we as a, in a generalization um, can get labeled much quicker 
than somebody else might, you know, if your male counterpart uh, has a tantrum on set or whatever. Oh, you know, whatever. It's fine. Dude, it's of no consequence where it could be of much more consequence to, you know, to a woman, especially a woman of color. This is yeah. Nikia. Um, that's like getting labeled, you know, it would be like they're passionate about their jobs. And, and this is, I think this may be just male, female. One is passionate and then the other one is hysterical, but it's the same energy. More emotional. Or emotional, right. So it's the same energy that, you know, that we get in that way. And you have to really, you know, check yourself for lack of a better word, like check your ego. I was told early on, let it brush off your shoulder. Whatever is said, let it brush off your shoulder. And I think not just for a woman of color, but just to be able to get along in in um, production too. It's kind of like one of those required things, those un, unspoken things like, all right, they're gonna yell at you, let it roll off your shoulder. Someone's gonna say something crazy, let it roll off your shoulder and just keep moving. And this is Jamal again. I uh, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm just fairly even keeled in general. Um, it's a rare occasion where you're going to get me to really yell or do something. But if you listen closely enough, there may be a, a cute little sarcastic remark that comes, <laughs> just rolls off the tongue that you may not catch. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> so I think we have to find other, we find other ways to kind of, uh, you know, either deal with or diffuse uh, those type of situations. At least me personally. <laughs> I agree. Or you have a side, you know, chain with your girlfriends. You like this be girl. And you, you're like going off on your text chain with your friends when you're on set in front of this person. So you're just like venting via text. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, I think we have a different, um, we have a different mantle. We just do. We have a different cross to bear. And I don't think any of us, you know, are uh, crying like the glass is half empty because we chose this. You know what I mean? We're all blessed and very fortunate to be where we are, um, wherever we are in our careers. And I think, you know, this is, this career and being a freelance producer is not for the weak or faint hearted or for no punks. Like you really have to be about it. And, you know, I think I, I put my hats off to all of you women. Um, I think that we're doing great things. I think there's more to come. I think, as Nikia said, there's more work that we have to do, of course. But, you know, striving for, you know, greatness and, 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 and yeah, reaching back, you know, I think is important. And I will say this, I, I, I misspoke. There Recently, there has been one woman who has helped me, a woman of color, and she's incredible. Um, and, you know, Robin over at OWN, um, Latika Johnson. And, you know, but before... Uh, any black woman that I've worked with, I'll tell you, it, it it was not easy. And I don't know what that's about. I I love everybody. I am Erica Baduish. I am all about the love and the good energy and all that stuff. And unfortunately, my experiences coming up wanting to have that mentor, that black female mentor, just didn't pan out for me. And 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 I actually it worked against me, you know, almost. They would want like, oh yeah, come on in, girl, I'm gonna get you in. And then it was like press you down to the ground and break you kind of a thing. And it's like, well, I'm here. I, I'm not an ego person. I'm here to make your life easier and your job easier. And I think if we all had that mentality, like, hey, we're here together, that wasn't what I was getting back. And so I had some not so great experiences, but not even mad at those because they made me better and stronger. So it's all good. All good. <laughs> Shout out to Robin. Just want to well, say she's incredible. And I'm 
happy to hear it because she really is that force in our business. Amazing. I am so, so thrilled and so happy to be working with her for sure. I have one thing. This is Nakia. Um, having to do with like mentorship. I never had a mentor, but I was given opportunities by, you know, different EPs of color, but just never someone that really took me under their wing. I just wanted to clarify that as well. Um, but I want, but I am thankful for those opportunities, but wish, I still wish like there was a mentor, still looking for one. And as for this, and for a group like us, for women who have been in the business for this long, because we actually don't get to always work with each other. Like that's also a good way to kind of like connect and build, you know, build the connection stronger, build your, I think, build your camp. I think awesome. Erica's volunteering to be your mentor. This is exciting. <laughs> it's happening live on the air. And I think because there's there's young girls that are like segments and APs and field producers now, and they're like, "Well, what's a good rate?" I'm like, "Nope, nope. That's no. You're asking for something above your. Here's your. Here's what your rate needs to be." Mm-hmm. At. And they call and they're like, well, am I being too? And I'm like, no, girl. I'm like, I was there and no one, tell one helped me. So I was just kind of fumbling and I got an agent who kind of fought for me after that. But it's, you, you need to know because we're already battling, you know, not battling because I don't like to say that, but we're being compared to our male counterparts, you know, and they have a completely different pay scale than we have. I'm doing the same amount of work, if not more, and they're getting paid. 25, 35, 40% more than I'm getting paid per week or which is bananas, but you know, change going to come, honey. Erica, you mentioned earlier that ironically, I guess some of the people who gave you the most opportunities to, and brought you up were men. I'm wondering what it's been like with male versus female bosses coming up in the industry. This is Nakia. Well, for I haven't had like that many issues, that many, but sometimes we have like some female EPs that, I don't know, they go off on you a little bit. Um, Some of like, it, it varies. I've had some people that have gone off on me. I've had some people that have been um, super helpful with things and um, and that's women. The men, I haven't had, and it's been actually the same. I've had men EPs that have gone off on me, and I've had some of them that have been super helpful. So I think it's like even across the board, at least for me. For the if I for if I had like a EP that was a person of color or um, male or female, uh it hasn't, I'm trying to like, some have been great and some have not. So I can't attribute it to be like, this one group is this or this one group is that. I feel like every group has their great people and then their people that kind of, that are not so great. Uh, this is Jamala. I would say um, I've had, again, great male and female um, EPs um, or bosses. I was in the AD department when I was in scripted. Um, but I would say the two, the, the two people that I kind of would, I don't know if I, yeah, I consider them mentors, but the people who've 
taking me along on shows more so than anybody else have been male, one black and one white. Um, and I, I obviously have not worked for as many black female um, producers in the business, um, EP especially. Um, so it's hard to say would the, you know, had the, had I had those opportunities would those people have done so maybe, maybe not, you know, it's, it's hard to really judge because I don't, I don't know. I'm thankful for the people who have given me the opportunity, you know, um, regardless of color or, um, gender. Um, but you know, I, and, and sometimes I, I, you know, I, there have been maybe more so with females than males, um, I've gotten a sense of, and, and this just could be my perception, you know, not, and not everybody, but um, there's this, I don't want to say insecurity, it's not the word, but um, a feeling like they're having to prove themselves. So that energy goes to them having to prove themselves doing their job and less concerned about mentoring or helping other people move up because they're so, con they're concerned about, you know, am I going to make, you know, am I going to be successful or make this cut or whatever? And so I don't, it's not, I'm not saying that to, you know, put blame or anything on anybody, but I think, you know, people are just a little more, that's just my perception. Maybe it's just because they're a little more concerned about how they're being perceived doing their job, because maybe this is their first or second opportunity to do something like that, that they're less concerned about um, the other women below them. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point. We, you guys have also been speaking about microaggressions that, you know, things maybe it's not so overt. Has there ever been anything in any of your careers that's been actually overt where you felt like, wow, that's straight up racist or straight up sexist or straight up both? I have. I had an experience on a show that I will not name because it's still on TV right now um, with a person and, you know, I was, I think I was supervising or senior producing at the time. And um, we had agreed that, you know, we were working crazy hours, you know, how we do in this business. And so um, I had my, my boyfriend coming in town and my producing partner had his boyfriend come in town as well to visit him because they were a couple or what have you. And so the two weeks prior, his boyfriend came, stayed for a few days. He took a day or two off, whatever. I, when my boyfriend came, I asked for the same permissions and was, denied like no you can't have this you know you can't take a I was like can I just take off a half a shift have my segment cover me he's here for 24 hours we just want to go have dinner like that's it I've been on the road for like four months I'm like really and so she's like no and it turned into this big thing I ended up getting fired from the show because I was demanding to and I do this and I tell all my girls I'm like work-life balance as Jamal was talking about is important. You have to demand that and you have to put that as a standard for yourself at the top, at the beginning of the project, whatever that is. Here's what's going on in my life. I have a mother that's ill. I have a this, I have a that. So just so we're aware, here's what my, here's what, these are the cards I'm playing with. And I think that at the time, you know, she, my, you know, co-EP above me, she was, I think, threatened um, because the cast wasn't black cast who really gravitated to me um, because I look like them. They felt more comfortable with me. They shared their innermost darkest secrets with me because they felt safe in doing that. And that I was going to tell those stories with integrity. Whereas 
with some of the other producers, they felt like they were being exploited. So I think there was a layer situation that was happening there, but I got fired behind it. Like something so, and I was told that the reason was because something that had nothing to do with my job, like nothing to do with my job. The footage, something about post got something, something that had nothing to do with me. And it was, it was like this far out thing. And I'm like, that's not my job. I don't download the footage. That's not a producer's, what are you talking about? And it was just something to, to tack on just to dismiss me, you know? And I was devastated and I am heartbroken because I was busting my hump and really putting in a lot of hard work. And I thought, I felt good about what I was doing and was a fan of the show as well. And so I was like, oh, I'm on the show, I'm a fan. And it was just, it was, it was not good, but you know, here we are today. Things work out the way they're supposed to, so it's all good. <laughs> this is Nikia. Um, so um, I was working on a show where, I'm, and I'm navigating this. So I was working on a show. The show was a predominantly Black cast. I was one of the only post-story producers. And, well, this cast said the N-word a lot, right? And I guess to illustrate something like we were all kind of like in a group setting and um, had one of the the EPs slash owners like he just used the N word like just in the conversation. As, Wait, like, a white man or a black man? Um, not black man. Okay. Not black. So it just you and they used it in in a in this like in a describing the things that this that someone was saying something and it it just it's kind of blew me back and there's nothing you could really say because what can you say oh you good because i would have been like um excuse me sir and I, I, I wasn't in i wasn't even yeah i just didn't feel secure enough to say something in that moment mm-hmm. and you're like well, did he just say that because nobody else re- nobody else reacted mm-hmm. like, how many okay. years ago is this um let's say this is maybe five <laughs> years or so so if it were happened today would you feel more comfortable speaking up i think so i think so because i'm i mean um i was um yeah five years ago you're still new i was still new at this place and know you like I would say this in in retrospect you would be like this is what I would say but in that moment because it went so fast and every, like it conti- like life continued and like not like nothing was said and you're like okay that's that's where I felt like oh what you feel helpless right it's like yes, a- you have like a helpless feeling because you're not in a room you don't know who your allies are you don't you're you're at a you're at your job and this is not my place as far as like I don't own this company, I don't own the show, I am, you know, hired freelance help on the show. So in him describing what this character was saying or something of that sort, um, yeah, that was said in that moment. And at that moment you do feel a little helpless. And you just, you don't know what, you know, what to do in that moment. And this is something that we talked about a little bit before we started recording about the importance also of having 
allies that are not black, because if I had been in that room, you better believe I would have said something. I wouldn't have cared if they fired me. And And I'm saying anything. It's like, what do you do? Right. And, and so that's just sort of like a public service announcement. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jamal, have you ever been in sort of an overt situation like the ones we're talking about? I can't think of one specifically like there's not there's not one thing that comes to mind to me it's back to kind of the microaggressions or the um dismissiveness right like everybody's participating or you know you know i i predominantly work in the field so i do more like prep and field work and not as much you know not really post as much um so in sessions where you're kind of brainstorming and and being creative and trying you know work on that kind of stuff you know, um, I have definitely been in rooms where you felt like just super dismissed, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, either someone will talk over you or you'll say the same thing. And this happens with women in general. I mean, I used to even say this about my ex-husband. like, I literally just said this, but your male friend right next to you says this thing. And all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, um, that's the best idea I've ever heard. I'm like, really? Cause I just said that like five seconds ago, but okay. You know, so a lot of that type of stuff, I feel like has happened in the past, but I've, I, I personally haven't, can't recall a time where something was super overt, but I'm also old and maybe I just don't remember. <laughs> you blocked it out. <laughs> yeah. It may have. At least not on set. I mean, in life, yes, but on set, um, right. nothing super. And I do, I have one more, this is Erica, that, you know, that same production, actually, you know, there was things of like, we're talking about stories sitting around and you know, they were referenced as these black bitches, the cast. And as a black woman, I'm like, okay, listen, again, it's in his point. You don't, you, what do you say? You know, this, this is your job. And you're like, do they, do we have to call them bitches though? It's like, they are, they're just so bitchy. And this, and it's like, that's not okay. So I feel like, you know, when you're like the one revolutionary in the room, the only black person. And so you're, you're trying to stand up for that. You do, you get squashed in that room. And, and then I think even speaking up, and this was again, six, seven years ago, or maybe five or six years ago, speaking up in a room like that, then you are, then the microaggressions begin after that, because you said something, because you're not on the train of what, of what their thinking is. And, and I think it is, you know, telling our stories from a perspective that is not ours. And so they have a lens over it and they want to tell it the way that rings true for them. And here I am stepping in saying, no, as a black woman, we wouldn't really wouldn't say that. Here's how we really would respond. So we should probably go in this direction. Ah, you know, and, it, and just get shut down. So it's, it, it is very nuanced and very layered, you know, um, but the light is being shined on it. And I'm very happy about that. So. I'm glad you brought that up because that, as we sort of come to the finish line on this, I do want to make sure we talked about the content itself because you three have worked on a whole range of shows and, you know, we kind of have what we call the black shows and the not black shows, you know, and that's a whole kind of other conversation, but what has your experience been like working on a quote unquote black show, like the real housewives of Atlanta. I know two of you have worked on that versus a show that's, you know, more generic, I guess. I'm curious about the differences, not just in making the content, the feedback from the network and the production company, but also in the staff behind the scenes. I know that's a lot, but let's try to break it down a little bit. Um, I'll start. This is Erica. In my experience, I, it's been very 
restate the question because that was so layered. Restate it for me because I want to make sure I hit the points of the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that I even stated it well. <laughs> Just kind <laughs> of like, I, I don't Did, want it to sound so simplistic about sort of like the black shows and the not black shows. I don't want to call them the white shows. They're not necessarily white per se, but, you know, I guess I'm thinking about there's a lot of shows that exist on different networks that are mostly a black cast that are a lot of times docu ensemble that some might consider trashy, you know, a lot of conflict, a lot of right. yelling and cat fighting and all that kind of stuff. So I wonder what the difference is between working on a show like that and working on a show not like that. And I think, I think the answer is Erica. I think the answer is in your question. I, it is this thing of, there is an expectation that we are aggro as black women. So we're going to be catty and we're going to be fighting. Um, and it's not, I don't think that it's that. I think it's that we're more expressive. I think that we're more overt in how we feel and we are going to say what's on our mind and we're not going to, because we've been pushed down. We're like, well, you ain't gonna push me down. You my sister. And I'm gonna tell you how I, how I feel about that. Whereas on a white show, it's allowed to breathe. It's allowed to be this experiment and this bubble that's beautiful and it kind of just unfolds magically. We, we're not given the same benefit. So behind the scenes, you find producers stirring the pot and planting seeds and, and creating fake storylines and planting bullshit that comes out. You know what I mean? And it's 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 disgusting to me. And I mean, a lot of producers are shady, grady. A lot are, you know, manipulative and all of that. That is never been my style. And that's why certain shows I'm not on anymore. That's why certain shows don't rock with me. And I'm fine with that because that's not my brand. I like to sleep at night. I like to look at myself in the mirror and go, you know what, girl, you're not tearing people down. You're doing something good. You know, if one person from one show that I work on, whether it's a PA, a cast member, another producer, walks away an inkling of a better person than I'm doing my job. But if I'm tearing people down and I'm like creating this false stuff and breaking up friendships and families and marriages, like, what are you doing? Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And so I think that is the difference. The white shows, they have their drama, but it's, and it's, it's normally really light. It's like Diet Coke, you know, it's like so like fizzy on top and bubbly and it blows away, you know, and sometimes it gets deeper, like on the Beverly Hills Housewives, they like have really deep stuff that goes on. But I think on our shows, it's more detrimental because, you know, at our root, we're disconnected from each other anyway. That's just kind of the state of how America has brought us up in this culture where we're not interconnected in that way. We don't have our natural um communal uh, way of life and way of thinking that we originated from in Africa. We have been taught this individualistic, I'm gonna get mine, F you and what you're going through is crab in a barrel, which is not what we come from. That's not our, originate, our original way of being. And so I think the adaptation to that bleeds over into TV and into some of these shows. And, and I think it's played upon and preyed upon. This is Nakia. Um, so working on shows with people of color, you have like a lot of this coded language, like they don't like need this energy and they have to be sassy and they have to be all these things that, you know, other women don't need to be or other casts don't need to be. Um, you ever looked like at shows like um, there are not a lot of cooking shows that have a lot of black 
um, leads, HGTV shows that have a lot of black leads, like can't just be normal and do normal things. We have to be fighting or, you know, be aggro against each other or be in some kind of conflict of, of some sort. And it's just like, I feel like it's like going back to like menstrual shows where it's like the perception of what we are supposed to be from that lens and um, dealing with it. You know, if you have, um, you know, Black EPs, that's great because we tend to vibe and know what kind of stories you want to tell, but you also get kicked back sometimes from the network because they're like, this is boring. Um, no one wants to see that. Or if we try to inject some kind of cultural thing, it's like, I don't understand that and I don't care. And I've, I've been on the calls where it's you're like, well, okay, so what are we supposed to do with that? Where then we're just challenged to like, do the same old, same old, have them fight, have them call each other bitches and all this other stuff. And I find like, I've worked on shows that are not, um, that are not black. And I find like the characters are allowed to breathe. They are allowed to be nuanced and, and, you know, let them, let their characters develop as like real people. We have to be caricatures or I find like black characters have to be caricatures of of something that's palatable to the audience that the network thinks they have. Well said. Well said. Uh, this is Jamala. Um, so, I I think earlier on, maybe in my unscripted career, I worked on what people would consider more black shows. Um, but I like Erica. It, if things aren't sitting right with me, it's not something that I care to participate in. And I think I've been in this, I've been around long enough and, um, you know, I'm old enough to kind of either one, know what I'm willing to do and not willing to do and not feel like I have to, um, you know, just do something to make money, whether that means I'm underemployed or not employed at all. Um, at this point in, in my career, I don't necessarily, um, choose to do that type of a show. Like if, if somebody wants uh, someone to be a caricature of um, a black person, that's not really something that I'm gonna choose to do. And I can afford to do that, I think at this point, um, you know, and if, if I'm underemployed, then so be it. Um, that said, I do try to, like right now, I think I'm a little more, you know, interested in doing shows that are, you know, regardless, like I've done stuff in every, almost every genre, right? So um, whether it's a show like Flirty Dancing, which I did on Fox, that was recently still there's, or I did Encore for Disney Plus, or I did Girls Incarcerated on Netflix, and they all have different elements to them. But I think that there's the opportunity to tell the stories of everybody authentically, but also specifically of the black people who are in the shows authentically and let them tell their own stories. And that's the type of storytelling that I prefer to do. Um, and so thankfully, I've, you know, um, I'll use Encore as an example. This isn't something that made it to air, but in a room where I actually did feel heard was we were, you know, we were pitching background packages for certain, um, uh, certain cast members. And I was going to do this one particular one and she had a charity and it did not end up in the show, which was fine because the background packages got like down to this, but um, she had a friend and she was on the board as charity and the, the girl had sickle cell. 
and nobody, you know, only a couple of people in the room actually knew what sickle cell was. And I thought, well, at least it's an opportunity to maybe bring this to the masses. Like people will understand what this disease is or whatever. And at least the showrunner didn't dismiss it. And she was happy to have me shoot this part of the thing and incorporate it into it. Like I said, didn't necessarily make it to air, but at least I felt like, you know, I was able to bring that story and potentially have that, um, you know, aired in which people could understand something that's specific to black culture and African-Americans that maybe people don't know about, you know, that's just one little example, but um, I'd rather tell stories like that or rather have the opportunity to, you know, tell people's authentic stories than to tell um, a whitewashed version of what people think black people are. That transitions perfectly into kind of the last thing that I want to talk about before we wrap, which is what are the changes that you want to see? Because I think, Jamala, that's a wonderful point about kind of how we tell the stories and the lens that we tell it through. So it's a bit of a loaded question, but in a broad view, what are some of the changes that you'd like to see overall for people of color in the industry, both behind and in front of the camera? Let's start with Nakia. Um, the changes we'd want to see. Well, um, I would like to see more uh, women of color, people of color um, in the network, on the network side, kind of making the decisions for like what kind of shows get greenlit. Because as a person that actually pitch shows to people, um, you get a lot of pushback for, oh, we're not getting that now, or this is not the vibe we're going for. Um, because some people may not understand what you're trying to do. So I would love to see more people of color on the network side, more people of color in some of the prod codes, as well as like VPs um, who, you know, make the, make who have decision making ability um, so that we could have like a, a bigger representation as far as like what kind of shows are getting on air and, and what kind of images that are being um, shown of people of color because it's a it's a continuing narrative and the narrative needs to change. We want the same things as everybody else. You know, you want to have the good job. You want to have money. You want to have cars. You want to go on vacations. We want the same things. So it's not just the, you know, the girl shaking her ass or these girls that are fighting in the restaurant or Black people don't know how to act. You know, it's like we're the same people and we want those stories to, to be told and approved. Uh, this is Jamala. Um, two things. Uh, one, I'll volunteer. So if anyone's looking to hire someone in the production company or network, I literally tried that for like a decade and never, you know, I, I would network and meet people and try to get in because as a mom, I was like, well, I'd actually kind of rather have something a little stable um, and never, broke that barrier. I don't know if it was just me and the, and the experience they were looking for, but then again, back to people, you know, moving up the ladder, you know, I, I've seen that happen in that situation as well, but I digress. Um, one thing I wanted to say, and I, now I can't even remember this goes to your original question, but post-production um, is something for me, I know I've been on shows that have been had either black people in the cast or predominantly black people in the cast and the entire post department is white. And I brought it up to an EP before too, and said, that's great. Like I can, we can get all this content in the field, 
But if you don't have somebody that understands the culture and post, it doesn't translate. So these things get lost. Like, you know, I know there's, <laughs> I know there's things that happen that, you know, may not occur to our white brethren, um, you know, who are watching, but the people of color who are watching or the African-American or black people who are watching are going to get the, are going to get that reference or that joke or whatever it is. I was <laughs> on one of the shows I'd done recently. Um, we had this episode where we were shooting in um, Houston and the cast of this particular episode was predominantly black. And when we got back into post, I was really glad that the story producer that was assigned to the episode was black as well. Cause I was telling her about some of the things that happened and, she was like, all right, I'm gonna see if I can get this past the network. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna just slide this in the cut and see if anyone pays attention. And actually, because probably people at the network are predominantly white, not that it was a, anything bad to pass, but it was like things that people who were black would understand. Um, and maybe it was just so beyond the network's like purview that it made it into the cut. And I know anybody who's black and it, again, nothing bad, but like anyone who's black is going to get that and find it funny. And it was relatable and all that kind of stuff where as if someone who was white or non-black was editing or story producing that particular episode, that stuff probably all would have been lost. This is Erica. I think these two women have said, said it all. I, I agree. I think it's in front of the camera, behind the camera. Um, important piece, I think, is VPs at the production companies who are Black, because VPs of development, because these are the people that are actually buying the shows who can speak to the culture as someone is pitching that comes in of color and they're pitching this Black show. A lot of times I think it gets missed and it goes above ahead, if you will, because a white VP potentially is looking at the content and they're like, we don't get it. We don't understand. So I think having people in those specific positions and the production companies that there's not a lot of black owned production companies that, you know, are, are, are that exist, honestly, that just fully black owned or black run. And so, and it doesn't even have to be fully black. I just think having a person of color at the head at the helm, and then they can hire whoever they want. It's important to have a balance there so that some of the content, as we were speaking to before, um, gets told, through the right lens, through an authentic, organic lens of what the Black experience is, which is constantly evolving, you know, and it's been, um, it's been, there's been so many impressions left upon us as Black people that we have evolved in so many ways. And I think that's gotten lost. We're kind of stuck in how we're portrayed. And I think just like as Nakia was saying, we have to move that train forward and, and be honest with where we really are. You know, it's, we're multifaceted people who we run businesses. We're multimillionaires. We're billionaires. We, you know, have companies. We have kids. We have, you know, surrogates and all these different things. And they're beautiful and wonderful and miraculous stories. And I think that they are getting lost or watered down because of someone else's interpretation of what that story is. And just to put a fine point on what you just said, I think you're so right. And I think the key is to have, there's a lot of keys, but, but the one that I'm finding lately is that the decision makers need to be black because you can have people making them, you can have them kind of holding the water up the ladder, but then at the very top, if they're not, that's it. It dies on the vine. So that's something I hope all network executives that are listening to understand that partnerships are great 
it's a great step, but really what's going to move the needle are hiring black executive is hiring black executives at high level decision-making levels. That's really going to make the change. That's really going to move the needle on the industry. And giving positives to black company products, like giving a person like a, you know, Jamala, who's been in the business, who wants to do her own, like give her a a pod deal, let give her a couple freaking shows. And let's just like give me, give me a pod deal. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I hope everyone is. Yes. This is what we need to do. And we can talk off mic about some ideas I have about that. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you, three. You were wonderful guests. I, I wish I could go on and on, but boy, do I have to pee. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. I wish I could go on and on. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope we forge some new partnerships here as well. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.